tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Okay, there's some sobering news to get to today. Yeah. We're going to do it while we have fun, okay? We'll keep everything in perspective. David, you seem not totally freaked out, but slightly. Not, not really freaked out, just sort of hanging my head in shame for our nation because it didn't really have to go this way, and we've been talking about this for months. Yeah, we have. But the world is in a lot of trouble right now because of energy prices. And a lot of that has to do with uh, Vladimir Putin being willing to turn off the spigot if people don't start just letting him do what he wants to do in Ukraine. Now, Well, would it help you to know that Europe is in a worse situation than we are? No, well, I, <laughs> we talked about help? this. We've been talking about it. If you're going to put in place crushing sanctions, then you better be willing to supply Europe with oil and gas, and that means you better be ramping up production here in the United States, and hopefully we can drag those communists in Canada along with us to help save Europe, but guess what? We're not going to do that. No, no, no. We'll, we'll send billions upon billions of dollars to Ukraine, to freaking Ukraine, but oh, we, but if, we, if we produce more oil and gas in our carbon footprint, and then we're not going to be able to breathe in climate crisis. I heard about it from John Kerry after he took his thousandth flight on a private jet. God, this pisses me off so much. And yeah, so you got the NBC News report about what's going on in Europe and what is to come in Europe. Yep, go ahead. In Europe, it's lights out at major monuments and tourist attractions as a long, hot summer gives way to what officials worry could be a bitterly cold winter. Skyrocketing energy prices have put Europe on a war footing with Russia as the enemy. We're in what can be described as a hybrid war, said French President Emmanuel Macron. Russia uses energy resources, like it does food, as a war weapon to exert pressure. What? Wow, really? Who would have thought Putin could ever do such a thing? So, wait, are you telling me that a country that is <laughs> yeah, at war might want to use a critical resource as a form <laughs> of leverage against its enemies? Well, that's never happened except every freaking conflict in world history. They've only got two <laughs> things people want, vodka and oil. That's it. <laughs> that's it. So they can't. Vodka we can do ourselves, right? Golly. We can do it all ourselves. Yeah. But we refuse to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the report goes on. Oil prices have doubled. Coal prices have quadrupled. What? Natural gas is now seven times more expensive than early last year. Who could have predicted this? Right. <laughs> Jeez. Well, the other thing, and it, it brings me no pleasure to point this out, but remember in 2018, 
uh, Donald Trump addressed the United Nations General Assembly. You know, all the people get together, all the nerds at the U.N. get together, and the president spoke. And part of his message was being highly critical of Germany for kneecapping its own fossil fuel usage and becoming completely beholden to Vladimir Putin and Russia. And yes. the Russian delegation could be seen smirking, right? They're laughing at him. They're saying, oh, that's never going to... Vladimir Putin would never use natural gas as a point of leverage against us. What, what, what are you, somebody who's uh, read a book on conflicts at any point in your life? It's really something because they do. They act like he doesn't know what he's talking about. Well, they're about. talking amongst themselves, and they're grinning, and they're yeah. laughing. And, and, yeah. and our idiot American media went along with it. They sided oh, yeah. with the Germans over our own president because they hated Donald Trump so much. And here, here's a little montage of, of what American media were talking about as the Germans were mocking Trump for accurately pointing out that Vladimir Putin had their clackers in a vice. Yep. Out front tonight, the world laughs at President Trump. He also got a few smirks from the German delegation after he criticized Berlin for buying oil from Russia. Germany in particular had a couple moments there. They were laughing at him. Anybody who steps foot abroad knows the very first thing that you hear is what is going on with your country. Don't worry, Mr. President. They're not laughing at you. They're laughing with each other at you. <laughs> Remember that? We've become a laughing stock on the world stage. Yeah, I, I would rather have mean tweets and a uh, bit of a wild card president than staring down the barrel of a winter where m literally millions of people could die because they'll freeze to death. Yes. No, that's probably going to happen. And we can get more into it later. But that's the thing when you're talking about uh, a climate crisis. And there's always the warming, the talk of warming, because we've raised a degree and a half over time, right? Much more people freeze to death. And yeah, that's more than likely going to happen. We were talking about the wood-burning stoves that some of these people have. They can't get yeah. wood. Yeah, they're chopping their own wood. Chopping their own wood down in Germany. They can't buy it anywhere. Yes. Yeah, that's <laughs> happening. Yeah, it's it's wild, man. Oh, daddy-o. More on that a little bit later. Uh, CDC, David, in the yeah. news. Well, the U.S. Open is going on in the tennis world, and uh, the top tennis player in the world isn't playing because he didn't get the COVID vaccine. Mm -hmm. it, it's unreal to me. Couldn't come We've to the country. we talked about it before. I don't understand it. No. Could it doesn't stop you from getting it. It doesn't stop you from spreading it. So it would be a personal choice. Why can this guy not play? The Joker, why can he not play? Mm -hmm. It doesn't make any sense. But it's, it's like this story doesn't exist. No, no. Well, the uh, White House press secretary, Corrine uh, Jean-Pierre, was asked, hey, you know, why is it that our government still has this policy that won't allow him to come into the country to play? Oh, I haven't heard her answer this. This ought to be fun. Roll it. How come migrants are allowed to come into this country unvaccinated? But world-class tennis players are not. Are you you're talking about which world-class tennis player? Novak Djokovic. So, as far which one? You know, just to just since you asked about me about him, yes, me about him. So visa records are confidential. 
under U.S. law. Oh, my gosh. Uh, therefore, the U.S. government cannot uh, discuss the details of individual visa cases. Uh, due to <laughs> privacy reasons, the U.S. government also does not comment on medical information of individual travelers as it relates to uh, the tennis, uh, the tennis play, uh, player. Look, uh, those. The okay, listen, man. It's like shooting fish in a barrel if we're going to talk about intelligence with her. But this, seriously, man, this is sad. This is a new low. Do you really think that's an acceptable answer to the question? Right. Really? Because if so, you're even dumber than we thought. Uh, those the questions regarding vaccination requirements is 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 I defer you to CDC. This is a CDC uh, requirement for foreign nations. Okay. Uh, this is something that they decide. Uh, this is uh, so. This is something that is up to them. The U.S. Open and their participant protocols. I refer you to them. <laughs> so when the migrant buses from Texas come into D.C. and to New York, do you make sure everyone's vaccinated? Oh, no. Because they came from another country. Unreal. And I'm watching the Today Show. Okay? There's no mention of this story. But you know what we did have? We had some coverage of the U.S. Open. I bet you can guess what oh, it was. I saw it all. Yes. What's your guess? It's Serena. Fawning over Serena Williams, yes. And Serena shines. Serena Williams wins her opening match at the U.S. Open, lifted by a star-studded crowd and her family. Oh, isn't that nice? It's hard and to be a then working mother and play at the height of your game like that. The sacrifices you have to make. <laughs> She's not the first tennis player to have a kid and then go on and play. Right. And so then Willie Geist, he's filling in, and he gives some commentary right at the beginning of the show. Nobody wants that magic to end for Serena. It was a late night for a lot of us, but it was worth it. It was a the, Hold on a second. The magic. It's a first-round match. Right. She's supposed to be the GOAT. <laughs> she needed magic to win in the first round? Really? Electric, wasn't it? Yeah, the building, you have those nights yeah. at Flushing Meadows at that stadium, and last night was one of them. Serena winning in straight sets, capturing a little bit of that old Serena. We just hope she can keep it going. Mm -hmm. We're going to have much more. <laughs> just, just. I'm not saying she's not a great player. Now, listen, we talked about this before. She certainly whined a lot, argued a lot, not conducted herself in the best manner several times. That's all fine. Is she probably the best to ever play? Probably so. But it's the overbearing fawning that is almost laughable. It's like, please, if you're going to talk about the U.S. Open, you're not going to talk about the top player in the world on the men's side and will probably go down as the greatest tennis player of all time, can't play because he's not vaccinated from a vaccine that doesn't work? That's not a story? You're a freaking joke. Oh, my gosh. It's laughable, man. Serena's fierce. Oh, yes. Okay, <laughs> whatever. And you just had the story yesterday. NBC is thinking about shutting down one hour early because they can't compete in primetime. Yeah. You might as well shut that piece of crap down, too. Well, Who does that serve besides clueless older women? Just have Serena and Williams sitting on a, on a chair just looking at the wall for an hour. <laughs> Stunning. Revealing. <laughs> brave. <laughs> confident.
She slays. Serena on a chair. Okay. Yes. CNN's talking about a radical shift. When it comes to what? The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. I sense a little bit of rage on the show today, just a tad bit. Plenty of laughs, too, though. Well, yeah, but you, you gotta can't help but be rage-filled today. David, what's the story with CNN? A radical shift oh. where? Well, there, there's an interesting phenomenon in legacy media that we've talked about before, but whenever something bad is happening in the country, and it happens to be in the typical portfolio of a U.S. president, when Joe, as Joe Biden is president, all of those problems are happening to him, not because of him. Right? He's president bystander. It, oh my gosh, this is now suddenly plaguing him. Right? So, so CNN has a piece about the border crisis, and here's the framing of it. A radical shift at the border is making things tougher for Biden. A radical shift? Now, what the radical shift that they're talking about here is that people from all over the world are showing up at the southern border in, in numbers that we have not seen before. Usually, you know, we see mostly migrants from Mexico and the North, uh, Northern Triangle countries of Guatemala, Honduras, and El Salvador. But for the yeah, first, they're coming from everywhere. Yeah, for the first time, actually, more people from outside of those four countries are showing up. Gee, why are they doing that? Right, right. In the last 15 years, there's been an 11,000% increase, and most of that has happened since January of 2021. Yeah, this well, is what is the reason for the radical shift? I can't figure it out. What is it, David? Uh, here's how CNN describes it. It's a telling detail that reveals a lot about what the Biden administration is facing at the border and why the situation has been so difficult to solve. They caused it. They haven't secured the border. It's an open invitation. If you get into the country, you get to stay. The whole world knows it. This can't be that hard for you Ivy League people at CNN. It can't be that difficult. I mean, you don't believe the freaking gaslighting from these people, do you? Um, the border, the border is secure. Yeah. The, the, the border is the Dorcas, Mayorkas. Mm -hmm. Homeland Security. Yeah, it's secure. Absolutely. What are you talking about? Everybody sees what's happening. I mean, if you were ever trying to get into the country, unless you're a tennis star that's not vaccinated, now's the time, right, right through the southern border. That's unreal. Did you see, by the way, this was the big hashtag on Twitter this morning, the big trend, boycott CNN? Yeah. No, I did see that. Because Well, their numbers are in the tank. We know that. Is this in relation reaction to Stalter getting fired? No, because they're trying to shift to become more of a mainstream news network what they were years and years ago. They're mm -hmm. trying to get back to that. That's the word. Well, the viewers hate it. The viewers don't want anything close to the truth or somebody being questioned on something. They want propaganda. Yeah, You can tell it in all of the comments. Well, Henry, this dude, he says, very fine people on both sides is the new CNN motto. Screw that. Boycott <laughs> CNN. <laughs> So that guy still believes the crapaganda that CNN was spewing out from a yep. few years back. Uh, now CNN is losing viewers like me, says Pico. You still a got all three networks. You have all three of the major networks. You still have them. A consequence of pandering to the party of fascism. Mm -hmm. God, oh 
How about Jim Acosta come over to MSNBC and replace Chuck Todd? Boycott CNN. I mean, dude, it's a freaking comedy show if you just yeah. keep going down these comments. You're like, these people exist? Oh, Holy yeah, they do. smokes. CNN making a huge mistake. No, no, they're really not, actually, by trying to at least be liberal but not, like, resistance Twitter idiots. It, that, that is actually going to draw more people in. A radical shift, this is from Kelly, a radical shift in CNN's reporting bias towards the right has caused me to unfollow all of your accounts and mm. boycott CNN. Okay. Lord. Well, so, I mean, bye. I, yeah, I no know, kidding. See I don't know what to tell you here. No, it's like for a product that no one uses. You're going to boycott it. Okay. <laughs> you got a last place team. You're getting new players. Don't be pissed because the old ones are gone. They're no good. <laughs> I'm boycotting no. the hot dog flavored soda. I forgot. <laughs> no, the, best, the best thing CNN could do is actually uh, simulcast this show on their network in the middays. Boy, you love to bring that up. I would just, it is true, I, though. No, but it, it's true, actually. I mean, because when you look at their latest ratings, and I'm not just trying to pat ourselves on the back here, but, I mean, we definitely have... have a larger audience than any of their shows, including prime time. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, before we move on, because we all have, I mean, this is typical all across the country. You're going to have different people within your, say, extended family that don't agree with you politically and may hate what we do, right? Do you ever bring that fact up to any of the people that really don't care oh, for yeah. what we do? Yeah, you I do. I, w I will say this. I, I, I would not agree to simulcast the show on CNN because my mom loves watching CNN, and I don't want to give her a heart attack. <laughs> we don't see eye to eye politically. Did you tell her that we beat them? Yeah. yeah oh, my God. How'd that go? <laughs> it's hilarious. Well, but, th but they're real news. Right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. yeah. Right, let's do the fact check over the last three years. <laughs> Sorry, Mom. I mean, I'm here to help, not to hurt, and I mean that. <laughs> Do you see this story? I can't believe uh, the people were freaked out by this, even the writer of the story. A $400 emergency fund isn't enough anymore. Now it's $1,400? Since when was 400 enough for an emergency? No, that's... You need a car repair. It's at least double that a lot of times. Yeah. Like, oh, things are getting so expensive. Well, okay, the emergency fund should have been higher than that to begin with. Yeah. But, my goodness, that was kind of crazy. And what about winterizing millions of homes before the energy prices really kick in this winter? We'll get to that and much more right here. Yeah. Mostly Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley, Gen Xer, David Van Camp, he's the millennial, and the sexy boomer, Scott Robbins. Mm -hmm. uh, you're going to want to save yourself some money on energy bills this winter. How about yeah. just winterize your home? Yeah, winterize your home, uh, get solar panels. That's mm -hmm. what the Biden administration is out there trying to, trying to sell you. They're trying to get people en masse to winterize homes to protect themselves against high energy prices, and they are going to go up significantly this year. So if you're in an area where, you know, you get real winters, it, you know, stock up on firewood now. Uh, but that's probably not going to work out very well. You already have 20 million people right now that can't pay their current energy bill. Right. This idea that 
suddenly a bunch of people are going to be able to winterize their homes is just not really feasible. The easiest way to prevent a bunch of people freezing to death would be to ramp up natural gas production and fossil fuels in general. But they won't do it because they're beholden to the green weenie shriekers. Uh, Michael Schellenberger, he's a former Democrat uh, and environmentalist, and he told Megyn Kelly on her podcast that, hey, we've seen this movie before and it just didn't work out. Obama did this as part of his stimulus, is that we invested a bunch of money into home weatherization, and we found out that it was not cost-effective, that it actually wasted money because you did not save as much money in terms of energy as it cost. Now, that might be slightly different with higher with, with much higher energy prices, but you have other problems. Like, are we really going to be able to weatherize millions of homes over the next two months? I doubt it. You know, you still have to use energy in in order to heat your home. And I think people need to realize far more people die of cold than heat. Yeah. Well, that was a fascinating interview Um, because, you know, he was Time Magazine's 2008 Environmental Man of the Year, Person of the Year. And he worked with the Obama administration, and he's been concerned about climate change for a long time. But he also will tell you, Natural gas, that's the way we got to go. And in the future, nuclear, we can't do this electric thing. We can't do it. How much you have to move the earth to get to the minerals and everything, it it doesn't make sense. If you're an environmentalist, he can tell you. I mean, I can't get into the details like that guy can. But all the reasons why that's a horrific idea and way too expensive. And he's talked about, well... With natural gas and the shale, and we have it in the United States yeah. to be able to extract it, we have enough on our own to not only power ourselves, but Europe for the next thousand years. Yeah. They said, no, we, we don't want to do that. We would want to transfer over over the next hundred years. But right now, we do it so much cleaner than actually what you're doing with electric of how much we're reliant on China and the way they go about it. It's not like you're using electric vehicles to dig into the earth to get the minerals right. for the electric vehicle. Well, and and what do you think, you know, <laughs> so if if this if these material if lithium for example is mined in South America, how do you think it gets to China? It's not on elect it's not on an electric barge, <laughs> okay? It's it's on a diesel burning oh, boat yes. that takes it to China and then back. Yes. Barges with big solar panels. <laughs> I mean, they're not rocking sailboats here, okay? <laughs> no, not. Oh. And he said we've played right into Putin's hands. Of and course. he knew it was going to happen. Well, well dude, we, we've talked about this before. I've brought this up before. I mean, you want to know who is funding a lot of the green energy uh, protest groups? The people who are really pushing the Greta Thunbergs of the world, people like that? Putin. It, it's Russia. Russia and China put a lot of money towards those activist groups because they know that dopes in the West will buy into this whole doomsday cult thing, and they will reap the benefits because they're the only ones producing. Yes. Yeah, that was another part that Schellenberger had mentioned. And again, he'll tell you, I'm still concerned about the climate, don't get me wrong. But we're seeing peak climate hysteria right now with no need. Absolutely no need. It's, It's fascinating. We'll get to more of that a little bit later. Um, did you see where Elon Musk said civilization will crumble as far as this rapid shift to green energy? It's talking about the same thing. Yeah. I mean, listen, man, 
I'm not going to pretend to be an expert when it comes to this stuff. But over time, you figure out, okay, who gets it right quite a bit and who's wrong often? Well, legacy media is often wrong. There are certain individuals over time, you're like, okay, that person's usually right. When a guy like Schellenberger is talking about millions of people that are going to starve because of no food, that's concerning yeah. because you know that's real. person has seen this before because there's going to be a massive food shortage. And that's what's happening when yeah. everything converts to green energy. It's not just that you're not going to be able to heat your home. What about food production? Well, I mean, that's, and, and you're killing farmers all across the world. Yeah, and that's one of the reasons why farmers have been protesting on mass as well in, yes. in Western Europe. You know, the Dutch farmers, for example, have become sort of this beacon of raging against the machine because of nitrogen caps that that they've been forced to go through, and they're basically being forced into wholly organic farming. Again, that's not efficient if you want to feed a continent. No, and they've already cut emissions by what 50 to 70 yeah. percent they've been working with authorities and they say well it's not good enough and it's got to be faster it's like what out of thirty-five thousand farms there they're going to lose eleven thousand farms who's going to make the food yeah it all of it is disgusting that's why they want right. you to eat bugs they do oh yeah how about neil young and his left buddies get together and do another farm aid <laughs> <laughs> I mean, now's the time, right? <laughs> I, see, that's that's really interesting because it used to be you're really looking out for the farmers, yeah. but now you would have a collision of people on the left. Oh, yeah. Of one saying, well, hold on a second. We need a certain type of farming, and we certainly can't support any sort of cattle. We can't do that, Neil. So Neil would have to figure out, okay, which kind of farmer is he going to support? Yeah, which which aid are we helping here? Yeah, right. Uh, and then of course, then he's going to get up there and say, "Cancel Joe Rogan, Green Wiener, take a look at my farm." Goodness <laughs> <gracious>. <laughs> hey, did you see another hack from MSNBC? Gets promoted to a job at the White House. I saw this. Yeah, this is uh, Jeremy Bash from MSNBC. He's a former CIA chief of staff, uh, and he was among the more than 50 former intelligence officials who signed this letter before the 2020 election saying the Hunter Biden laptop story was Russian disinformation. He talked about it. I mean, if you want the flashback here, it's Jeremy Bash in 2020 saying this is Russian disinformation. This looks like Russian intelligence. This walks like Russian intelligence. This talks like Russian intelligence. This effort by Rudy Giuliani and the New York Post and, and Steve Bannon to cook up uh, supposed dirt on Joe Biden looks like a classic Russian playbook disinformation campaign. And he's been appointed to the president's intelligence advisory board. So I suppose if you're Joe Biden, yes, I need that guy because I know he's already on the take. Right. I know he's one of ours, and that's what we're going to need before mm -hmm. some other whistleblower within the FBI says something else. But in the real world, that guy should be out of a job forever doing that. I'm still stumped by the president's intelligence advisory board. He's <laughs> <laughs> a perfect candidate based on that right, exactly. clip from 2020. I mean, you know, when it comes to servicing the president, this guy brings his own knee pads. <laughs> this is true. That's very true.
seriously, on, on a more serious note, couldn't you make the argument that guy helped um, collude against a fair election? Absolutely. Well, it was part of it, yeah. Why aren't there charges being pressed? He's one of many. I mean, seriously, if if this country was really on the straight and narrow and we were trying to do what the founders had envisioned, that guy would be in a crap load of trouble, along with everybody else that signed off on that document that said, this is Russian disinformation, on this Hunter Biden laptop. The FBI had that laptop since 2019, and they knew. They knew it was real. They knew the contents were real, and they freaking lied about it. Well, and all the FBI guys who went to social media and peddled the same nonsense. So they're, they're all gone. Yeah, get them out. Well, it's not just get them out. They should be investigated. And you knowingly lied about it to change the outcome of an election? Then you're thrown in jail. We're never going to see that. I mean, don't think that I'm living some fantasy land where I think that's going to happen. We all know it's not, but it should. Because what was the, that's the only motivation for doing what they did. There's no other motivation attached to that. No, and the one thing that we know for a lot of people on the left, they'll tell you, whatever it took, it had to be done. We could not allow Trump to be president again. I don't care how dirty it got. I don't know or care who broke the law. If they did it, it was a badge of honor because we could never have Orange Man Bad be in charge again. And that was the whole thought. And still is. Listen to Sam Harris from last week. He just said it. There are plenty of people that completely agree with him. It's crazy. Um, on a lighter note, what percentage of Americans don't mind having crumbs in their bed? <laughs> I would say, based on the stats of this show, 33%. Yes, I would say you're right. Okay, wh- which person doesn't mind on this show having crumbs in the bed? I think everybody's looking at me, and you're I, probably accurate on I, that one. I assume Scott, yes. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you, there are a few crumblings that happen to fall into my bed at night, perhaps. You you take snacks to bed? Uh, I have. I don't on a regular basis, but I have. Well, it's 20% is, oh, okay. is the number, and you are spot on, David. It's 33% of this show. Doesn't bother you. What 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 kind of snacks are we well, taking to bed? You've got you've got people who wouldn't who would not allow you to do it. I can do whatever I want. Right, what are you okay. talking about? Yeah, I know you're the man. Aren't you, you don't think I have a little bit of popcorn every once in a while? Well, I have popcorn too. I have popcorn almost every night. Yeah, but I don't have crumbs. Well, sometimes I like to watch TV in in the bed. Yeah, while I'm in bed before I shut off the light, and I'll sometimes find a stray popcorn kernel here and there. Yes. Do you eat it when you find it? Be honest now. We're no, in the I trust don't. tree. No, I don't because I pick it up and get rid of it quickly because I'm afraid the cats will eat it. Uh-huh. Okay. All right. So you don't roll around in, like, crumbs. It sounds like you <laughs> Well, I, have I ever? Well, I'm not saying I haven't. I'm just saying, you know, you said we're in the trust tree here and nobody else is listening. <laughs> there's, crumbs, there's crumbs on our radio board right now because you eat and you Well, I, bring, and... I do bring in my breakfast occasionally. Occasionally? Yeah. It's well, every day. Almost every day, yeah. <laughs> Well, I like to eat breakfast while I'm in here. Some people say that's occasionally. But this board is <laughs> this board is like the third one ever made, so it's not, not like I'm harming it. Oh, my gosh. So anyway, yeah, some people say that would be a deal breaker if someone starts eating in bed. 
that 38% of millennials would consider ending a relationship over it. Oh, gosh. That would be you, David. Wow. Would that have been the case? Before yeah. Before you got married? Hey, if you eat in the sack, okay, because I will kick you out of bed for eating crackers, okay? Uh, Did you have that chat? N- no. Okay. No. So she can do whatever she wants. If she's in my bed? Yeah. I was just going to say, the idea that you have a woman in <laughs> your on, bed, man. yeah. <laughs> You can stand on your head and eat crackers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm glad we went to a lighter note there for a second. It's the world is on fire. <laughs> uh, the military is running low on ammo. Gee, how could that be? We'll get to that story and much more coming up right here. All right, then. The Monkey Van Camp and Robert Show. Yeah, let's go. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robin. So we're running low on ammo. We're talking about the military. Yeah, the Pentagon is running low on ammo because so much of it has been sent to Ukraine. Wall Street Journal had the report. Uh, basically, we've been sending a bunch of ammo to Ukraine, but not restocking our own supply. Well, that doesn't sound like a Biden plan. Huh. Usually, when Biden plans on something, it's you know all the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed, and every possible scenario has been considered. Running that thing tight as a drum. Yeah. Always, yeah. No one not done not. The history books will note it. Yeah, we got plenty of not to not. Yeah, one, one of the things that has been specifically cited is the uncomfortably low levels of 155-millimeter uh, howitzer musician, uh, mu- musicians. Munitions. We got plenty of musicians. We got plenty of howitzer <laughs> yeah, musicians. Right. Okay. Yeah, those guys That's dying. real heavy metal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh, we, we've given uh, Ukraine more than 800,000 rounds. And if we find ourselves in a war, uh, we don't have enough. Hmm. Yeah. Wall Street Journal says this is basically the result of a failure in communication between different arms of the Pentagon and whatnot. Army wants uh, $500 million to upgrade its ammo, ammo manufacturing capabilities. <laughs> it's one thing after another after another. No, I mean, it, it, between us getting more in bed with China, running down our own weaponry and our own ammo supplies for our own military, mm-hmm. uh, you know, <laughs> you know, kneecapping our own domestic oil production and refining capabilities, boy, it really seems like if you were trying to destroy the United States, you would not be doing things a whole lot differently. No. And make sure to keep people divided. Yeah. Okay. By the way, I don't know if you know this. COVID? Yeah. It's all because of the unvaccinated. They're causing the problem. Well, it's 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 a pandemic of the unvaccinated. Well, yes. of course it is. Always has been. I mean, People it, won't wear a mask. No. For at least two people on this show who were vaccinated and still got COVID. That's true. Yeah. One in 5,000. Remember that one? That was cool. Yeah. One, yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's right. That's right. Golly, man. Did you see the story about the masks? Because now we have all these masks. What are you going to do with them all? You know, the especially the oh, yeah. cloth ones. Mm-hmm. Well, it turns out that all these masks, like billions of them that have been tossed in the garbage, do have a second purpose, they've found out. This was from researchers in Australia. They said you can shred some of the masks and then add it to cement, and it can increase the strength and elasticity of the cement by up to 22%, make it more resistant to cracking. Because outside of that, there's really no use for all of the masks. 
I'm like, okay, well, at least they figured out something because Australia was actually more nuts than the United States when it came to COVID yeah. and the shutdowns and masking and all of that stuff. Why don't we be, uh, give them to rioters? That way they can protect their identity and be safe at the same time. See, you're an idea uh, guy. Just thinking ahead, yeah. Always coming up with something. Yes. But outside of that, they're hard to recycle. Are you, Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. You know, there's been a big shift at the border. Things have changed, according to CNN. Yeah, yeah. CNN had a piece out today that basically said, you know, it's boy, there's been this big shift, and that's why it's been so hard for Joe Biden to figure out how to fix the crisis at the border. No, no, he caused it. You have it backwards here. The big shift that they're talking about is something that, by the way, if, if you if you brought this up, I don't know, months ago, you were a white supremacist, apparently, or something. Because the big shift has been that instead of Northern Triangle countries and Mexico contributing most to the migrant crisis, meaning people from those four countries Mm -hmm. uh, are the majority of the folks showing up at the border, now people from other countries aside from those four countries actually make up a majority of the people showing up. So you got people coming in from Africa, you got a lot of people coming in from Venezuela, a lot of people coming in from Cuba. Uh, going up to our southern border. And, well, why is that? You can say part of it's, you know, economic. Oh, Russia's in that group, too. Uh, You could say it's economic and also the fact that Joe Biden sent out the call saying basically the border was open. Yes, if you make it across the border, you get to stay. The memo got out. And I know it might be hard for the left to believe because they demonize the country all the time. People want to live here. We have the best system in the world. And people know it. That's why they want to come. And so this whole, well, something shifted here. No, it's just gotten to more people. We still haven't secured the border. And now you have this dope of a White House press secretary saying what? It's not like people are just walking across. Yeah. Well, the Biden administration, (laughs) in trying to clamp down on what's actually happening at the border, they're focused on making sure that people like tennis player Novak Djokovic don't get into the country because he didn't take this COVID vaccine that doesn't work. Um, It makes no sense. And the White House knows that. And Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre uh, well, she struggles to speak anyway, and when you're trying to defend the indefensible, it, it, it must be hard, especially for someone who really has a room temperature IQ. She was asked about this double standard that we're seeing. Okay. Somebody unvaccinated comes over on a plane. You say that's not okay. Somebody walks into Texas or Arizona unvaccinated. They're allowed to stay. Why? But that's not how it works. Like, we actually, no. I know that that's not what you guys want to happen, but that is what what is happening. But that's not, it's not like somebody walks over and (laughs) that's not, that's That's not how. That's exactly what's happening. (laughs) It's not. That's exactly, and he's right. That's exactly what's (laughs) happening. Yes. I swear she could be facing the sun and deny the fact it's there. And the networks would back her up. Unbelievable. I mean, this is unbelievable. The networks won't cover it. That's what's so frustrating. But uh, this if, was breathtaking. 
this was beyond the pale. This was this was Hall of Fame <laughs> type gaslighting going on. I mean, it was. This was feel, first ballot you know gaslighting. What? Maybe you're right. Maybe I'm just used to it. You know, it's like one seems sometimes like it's more outrageous than the last. And maybe you're right that this one takes it to a new level. Dude, everybody's seen it. Everybody, yes. everybody has seen it. They're pouring in over the borders. Border mayors going, we can't handle this. Okay. Bodies found in fields. I mean, what are you talking about? Hold on a second. All right. And I, I don't want to get you riled up, Scott. It's not my Golly. intent. Well, we all know people that will never get their news from anywhere like an MSNBC or a CNN. Or NBC, whatever. I think it's possible they may not even know the extent of the issue at oh the border. My God. Do you think it's possible, David? Uh, I think so, yeah. Wow. Maybe I'm giving too much credit. I, maybe I am. I'm just assuming, even by stumbling on it, that you would know about it. You would know people are pouring in. Then wh about all the reports of the of the migrants being dumped into D.C. and New York. I, I, How do you think they got here? Yeah, I, I think actually that is one uh, one aspect of it that is really going to wake up a lot of people because they're hearing the reports. Well, why? Oh, wow, that seems like a lot. You know, five hundred to a thousand in New York, another seven thousand in D.C. More showing up every day or every other day. Wow, where are all these people coming from? And then you actually look at what Texas is dealing with and what Arizona is dealing with, uh, any any state that's along the border is dealing with, and you realize, oh, my gosh, it's many times worse than what New York and D.C. But are. that person has to take the extra step right. to get that information. And a lot of times it never happens. Like, And this has happened before. And try it out if if you... <laughs> If you so choose, you're having a conversation with somebody, they really don't know what's going on at the border, and you say, you've heard about some of the kids trying to come across that have died, right? And when they say, what? Kids have died? Mm -hmm. You're like, holy smokes, yeah. man. It's a, it's a record year. Six hundred, yes. More than 600 people that we know of have died. It happens every week. Just doesn't get covered. It's... It's insanity. Then we've got the student debt forgiveness program from Biden. That's going over well. <laughs> no, not like the Democrats thought it would. Oh, no, no, not at all, actually. And the reports are Kamala Harris was really pushing Biden to do this. Yeah, apparently, well, one, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen was telling him not to do it. Um, and I had read that Dr. Jill, of all people, Dr. Jill Biden, a horrible human being, was trying to tell Joe to not do it. Well, you know, Dr. Jill and Kamala don't really care for one another. No. Well, uh, yeah, Vice President Kamala Harris, though, <clears throat> was asked yesterday by a Fox News producer, hey, uh, who is actually going to be paying for the massive student loan forgiveness scam? That's a fair question. There can only really be one answer, but go ahead. Well, yeah. I don't know if we're going to get an answer. Let's see. <laughs> bill for student loan forgiveness. We haven't gotten a concrete answer from the administration yet. Well, let's start with this. First of all, uh, a lot of the same people who are criticizing what we rightly did in following through on a commitment that we made um, to forgive student loan debt uh, are the same people who voted for a tax cut for the richest Americans. Here we go. <laughs> The reaction from Robbins is always it's so just good. So 
Lame straw man crap. <laughs> oh, there's more. So when we look at who is benefiting from this, 90% of the people who are going to benefit from student loan forgiveness make under $75,000 a year. And that debt has been the reason that they're unable to start a family, buy a home, and pursue their piece of the American dream. Hmm. Whenever they bring yes. that up, you yeah. know, I, I, I'm always curious to really actually see the proof of this. Like they say, 90% are under $75,000 mm -hmm. a year. And they really fudge the numbers on, a, on all of this. Always. But then I always ask the follow-up question. If that's your target, then why was the cap set at $125,000 a year? Good as question. far as your salary. If you really wanted to, to tackle lower-income people or middle- and lower-income people, then why not set the individual amount? If you make $75,000 a year or less, you are in line for this. Why set it as high as one hundred twenty-five? dollars yeah, That's a good question, no, man. It's, well, it's... <laughs> Or, or, or $150,000 for a couple instead of $250,000 for a couple. It doesn't really make sense. If that was really the target, then you... I, I still believe if you set the income level cap, if you capped it at $50,000, for example, mm -hmm. um, obviously that would be geared more towards lower income earners, right? Uh, I think you would see less of a backlash, their backlash would still be there, but I don't think it would be quite as much when you're, you know, as you know, you're hearing the stories like Reuters had it last week. We talked about it, where it's this dude who's in his upper 20s, who's a lobbyist in D.C., who's ecstatic because now he can afford to spend more time with his friends. Like that's <laughs> that's not helping someone who went to beauty college and dropped out because she couldn't afford it anymore, but it's still saddled with high interest lo with these, with these uh, uh, student loans. That's a different story. You know, man, th what still ticks me off is the fact that I don't know what you went to school for. Right. And I don't know how much you paid to do it. You know, and this didn't affect, you know, I've known a few different people that went to, and this is 15 years ago. It was a school. It was twenty five grand a year for a communications degree. Okay, they get out their first job, whether it was local radio or local TV news, was right around twenty two grand a year. Yep. Okay, and the joke used to be either you took out loans or your parents just paid a hundred grand for you to make twenty two a year. Okay, with no guarantee. Of getting over 50 at some point in time. Yeah. you got to slog it out for a while to ever get there. Unless you're one in a thousand. I mean, it's a you guys know it. It's a grind. It doesn't pay very well. So if you knew anybody, what would you tell them? They're like, I'm thinking about going into this business. What would you tell them? Well, eyes wide open. Don't do it for the money. Because you're not going to make a lot of money just by percentages. You might at some point in time, okay, but if you just go by the amount of people that get into this type of business and how much money they're going to make, you look at the stats, you won't be getting into this for the money. And realize this, too. You may say right now, the money's not that important to me. If you plan on getting married and having a family, I bet that money's going to become yeah. more important to you. You know? So eyes wide open, people should have before they take out a loan. That should be the lesson. 
But again, well, with this whole BS story, it's not like you have the administration saying, hey, Harvard, Yale, all you other colleges, stop charging out the waz for jobs that don't pay. Well, there's two things to be pissed at here, I think, when I look at this. I think you can be pissed at both. I think you can be pissed at people who yeah. took out loans that they're asking me to pay for, for them. That's number one. Number two, you can be pissed off at universities. I said from the top, give me 5% of your endowment money. This goes into this general fund where we're going to retire this debt. Oh, no. Yeah. 5% is far too low. Okay, well, I, I was 50%. just shooting low. Oh, well, well, 50%. Can we meet in the middle somewhere? Nope, no? 50%. Okay. Of, of the endowment money you have. Yes. I, and I don't care if it's you know $30 million or $1 million, yep. We get half. We get right, half. I'm, and yep. that all goes into a fund, Dude, and that fund will give the money back. These are the people who are the, the communist factories who churn out people year after yep. year, talk about the rich paying their fair share. Well, pay your damn fair share then. But I, I think both people can be right. That's my point. I think yeah. you can be mad about that, but you also got to be mad about this, too. There's two things here well, here's at good play. News. Both of them screw you. If yeah. you can make it through that broadcast school and you get to the top level, you're going to ask great questions, like Tom Costello at NBC News. Because he asked a great question when the launch didn't happen yesterday. Yeah, the government made this big deal about the new space program, the Artemis program. Artemis 1, that launch was supposed to go yesterday, but it was scrubbed because of engine troubles. And this is the latest in a long line of failures with this program. Now, the goal is to send the rocket into space for 42 days. It's going to hook around the moon and then come back to Earth. And hopefully this will help develop technology to go to Mars. Ton of issues with it, though budget issues, all of that. NBC News did a report on it, uh, speaking with the NASA administrator, Bill Nelson. Great question. While Artemis has support from both Republicans and Democrats, the program has cost billions more and taken far longer than expected to launch. NASA chief and former astronaut Bill Nelson. It's over budget. It's behind schedule. Is this program jinxed? Uh, to the contrary. Uh, you know, folks said the same thing about the James Webb Space Telescope. Again, it takes a lot of skill and effort <laughs> to look at something that's been a struggle and ask an incredibly intelligent question like, Is this program jinxed? Is it jinxed? Is that what we're looking at here? I'm glad they got the extended warranty on that thing, though. <laughs> oh, you want to... The Monthly Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. It's always great when a politician is uncomfortable with a question being asked. Yeah. This is one of those. Oh, uh, sure it is. And we've actually talked about this a lot with abortion politics being so much uh, of a focus of conversation in this country. Uh, Democrats really don't want to talk about late-term abortion and where they really stand on it. Mm -mm. Because they know they're wildly out of step with most people. Uh, we got a great example of this with Tim Ryan. This is the Ohio Democrat running for Senate right now. And <laughs> here we go on CNN of all places. He was asked specifically where he stands on any abortion restrictions. Okay. Well, ultimately, this needs to be a decision between the woman and her doctor. And, of course, we don't support abortion at the end of term unless, of course, there is an extraordinary circumstance where, you know, you're eight months into a pregnancy and something very tragic is happening in that pregnancy where you, 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 you know, you, you have a room, you, you've bought toys, you have clothing for the baby, everyone's excited, you know, and then something tragic right. happens 
that needs to be left up to the doctor, not to J.D. Vance or Ted Cruz or anybody else. Well, he's got the talking points down to that oh, yeah, point. Oh, you know, sure. Cruz or anybody else. Well, but That's as a, a very serious situation. But as a legislator, you, you have to have some idea of what you want to do when you're not a doctor. So should there be some restrictions when it comes to the law of the land? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Well, you ultimately, I think the the decider has to be the woman and her doctor. We can't account for every so single that means, scenario. It sounds like you're really, saying no restrictions. The, the ex- <laughs> yes, of course, that's what it sounds like. Yes. Just doesn't want to say it because it's so, you know. Right. You don't want to give your opponent an ad that says, yeah, right, no restrictions. Some, right. Yeah. Even though that's what you believe. You, you know. But after this moment in time, they should have some sort of plan of how they're going to answer that question, well, shouldn't they? I certainly think so. Uh, well, the the answer, well, the, I mean, honestly, what I, what bugs me about this entire conversation is that um, that Democrats want to have with abortion is that they just will not tell the truth about where they stand. No. Cause, and that's why, you know, th- this issue keeps coming back year after year after year. Because one side is not honest about what they want to do. That's so true. Oh, a little controversy. Kardashian controversy. Courtney slammed for letting her 10-year-old daughter post a makeup TikTok. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Some of these stories I'll just bring up to see your reaction, I mean, Scott. The world's on fire. We're talking about all of these things, well, and now... People, People are, are influenced by her. Of Kardashian, her 10-year-old on TikTok. Why would you do that? I, because they're Kardashians. <laughs> this is, they live there. They live on this thing. It's their whole life. They live online. Everything is, a, everything is <laughs> to gain attention. That's what it is. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Well, that was easy. Biggest story of the day, David? Uh, biggest story of the day is that uh, probably millions of people are going to starve or freeze to death this winter. And Joe Biden could actually do something about it. Yeah. Uh, not going to because, well, just buy an electric vehicle. You think he's going to do that? You think he's, he's going to address people in sub-Saharan Africa this winter as no. they're starving to death because Europe couldn't produce enough food? Think he's no. going to address them and just, just, look at, ju- just look at some kid and say, well, you know what? <laughs> Your parents should have bought an electric vehicle. <laughs> no, it'll be Trump's fault. Right. I'm not sure how he's going to get to that step, but that's usually what it goes to. It's GOP. They want to kill people. Um, by the way, relying on China for electric vehicles is insane. Guess who said that? We'll get to that much more coming up. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley, Gen Xer. David Van Camp, the millennial, and the sexy boomer, Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. Just so everybody knows, we're told that Beto O'Rourke does not have monkeypox. <laughs> <laughs> so, I lost the bet. Got you. Did somebody <laughs> so, say that he did? So, no, people were joking about it online. Yeah, they were joking about so it. Yeah. Cause he had, so, he had to go to the hospital because he, he was sick. Apparently, he had a bacterial infection. Uh and so he wound up going to a hospital in San Antonio where he was campaigning. Um, and so, <laughs> so some people were joking, like, for example, uh, somebody going by the handle of semi-fascist Liberty Mom on Twitter said, how did, how did Beto get monkeypox? So people were starting to pile on a little right. bit. Like, the, there was one, uh, it was a, I guess, a fake uh, news crawl. Where the headline says Texas uh, 
governor candidate uh, Beto O'Rourke, diagnosed with bacterial infection, says he will be resting at home. The headline printed across the upper third of the image reads, probably monkeypox. <laughs> so people were memeing about it. They were joking about it. So and Beto O'Rourke... Being tested for when they had a banana up his nose. <laughs> <laughs> no joke. Somebody from Beto O'Rourke's campaign goes crawling to the fact checkers. Hey, can you fact check this for us? Oh, so Reuters has this whole piece saying, by the way, the Democrat running for, to be the, the next governor of Texas, Beto O'Rourke, does not, in fact, have monkeypox. Okay. Can sleep easy at night. <laughs> <laughs> See, Beto, okay. See, Beto is a furry, and the furries they have actually stopped with the orgies uh, due to monkeypox. So, what is the history of Beto and the furries? Oh, because he had <laughs> he had dressed up uh, as part of his stupid rock band. I guess he dressed up like a lamb or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. So the so the ongoing joke again. <laughs> Fact checkers say that Beto Rourke was not actually a furry. Well, I don't know about that, actually. He strikes me as somebody who might be a furry. Oh, yeah. Hell yes, I'll take your condoms. <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, where is Beto right now on guns? Because when he was running for president, it was, hell yes, I'll take your guns. Then he's running for governor of Texas, and it was like, I am not interested in taking anything from anybody. And then there was the shooting in Texas where he said, hell yes, I'll take your guns. Yeah. Where is he at right now? I think he's, I think he's uh, firmly in the hell yes, I'll take your guns. Thing. He's Remember? back to that. Yeah, because he's he keeps sharing stories about how he's gone to gun shows, whether it's in Texas or Arkansas or wherever, where people are literally handling handling an AR, and they say, you know what? I don't need this. You're right. Dude, that never happened. Beto claimed it happened, but of come course. on. You went to a gun. I think that in that particular instance, it was uh, he was sharing a story about how he went to a gun show in Arkansas. There is a 0% chance that a dude at a gun show in Arkansas told Beto freaking O'Rourke, I don't need my rifle. <laughs> that conversation never happened. I promise you. He did it while not directly looking at him at the teleprompter on the side. <laughs> I do not need this gun, Beto. I don't need this R-15. Beto. Okay, you know, there's all these different clips we have of Beto over time. And I feel like we should probably just move on with the show. But there's one I can't help myself. It says Beto and his privilege, and I can't remember the clip. Who wants oh, to hear yeah. it? Oh, yeah. I, I think I know what this is. It wasn't it. It was after he announced he was running for president. And was it Texas Monthly, maybe, that did like the cover shoot of him? And he's uh, the headline was, I'm just born to be in it, man. Okay. Um, or how about just less than 10 seconds right. of it? What did he say there? It's not because I'm a great person or I'm a genius or I figured anything out. A lot of that has to do with the fact that I'm a white man. <laughs> As far as he's gotten. Wow. Dude, it's because it's cause daddy paid your way and then you married yes. rich. <laughs> it's more about money, dude. Oh, my gosh. That dude. Well, he's right about not being the brightest guy, yeah. Well, yes. Mm -hmm. And then, well, you know, he'll try to play tough guy and all that sort of stuff. You know, with the, the hell yes, I'll take your gun. That's probably what he's known for more than anything else, wouldn't you say? Yeah. Yeah. That whole line. Hell yes, we're going to take your AR-15, your AK-47. We're not going to allow it to be used against our fellow Americans anymore. 
Yes. Sounding much like Napoleon Dynamite yeah. all the time. <laughs> Hell yes. Hell yes. We're going to take your tots. <laughs> Hell yes. Okay, let's shift to electric vehicles. That's the answer to everything, except we're going to give China a whole lot more power. Yeah. Uh, Joe Biden keeps pushing the idea of buying an electric car to solve all of your woes, which is just not in the cards for most people. Uh, but instead of ramping up domestic energy production, he's caving to the climate change doomsday cult. Uh, and it, this is interesting. Environmentalist and former Democrat Michael Schellenberger, he did this interview on Megyn Kelly's podcast and talked about the climate hysteria that is destroying our country and the world. Yes, I think we're at a moment of peak climate hysteria, peak climate nihilism where basically the concerns around climate change, some of which I hold, by the way, I think climate change yeah. is real and we should do something about, but it's just um, created a kind of derangement syndrome among uh, many people on the left where they think that somehow you just get technologies by banning this or that technology and wishing a new technology to exist in its place. It doesn't work like that. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, this is a fascinating interview. No, it, I know a lot of the environmentalists that he used to be on the same side with hate him now because all of a sudden he started speaking truth, crunching the numbers. He was a former member of Greenpeace and saying, hey, wait a second. A lot of this stuff that we're talking about with climate change, it's it's not real. We've miscalculated to a large degree. And now, you know, as you would imagine. It's almost like a person that transitions and then says, I made a big mistake. Oh, they're demonized. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're out of the club now. But yeah. he goes on. Well, yeah, he acknowledged that, look, electric vehicles just really aren't there yet. And it, they may never really get to a point where that's the most practical means of transit. Uh, you know, they're not able to replace gas-powered vehicles. They're not as efficient. If you need to replace the battery on it years from now, uh, that's a lot more money than regular maintenance on a gas-powered vehicle. Um, and they're not environmentally friendly. And part of this, again, is because the process of building electric cars is really dirty. This is the fascinating part. They're, they're basically powered with lithium, which relies on rare earths. That entire industry is, is based in China. And it's insane from a national security perspective to become more dependent on China at this moment in our history. Um, these are also very expensive, very heavy vehicles um, most experts that look at this think that if we're going to move away from gasoline, it's going to be the hydrogen fuel cells. That's been the view for decades. So the idea that you're going to just ban internal combustion engines and move to, you know, a, a kind of vehicle that depends um, that would increase our dependency on China at a moment like this is just bonkers. <laughs> well, there you go. Not mincing words at all. So why are they doing it? Oh, somebody's getting rich. Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of people who are making tons of money off of this, and many of them are working in or with the White House right now. Yes. Well, when he lays it out that we have enough natural gas for the next thousand years, but we shouldn't go that route. We should for now, but then transition over the next hundred years. But it's not to electric. No. That's just it, because that's not what an environmentalist should be looking at because it harms the environment too much. Part of that he's talking about, and you're talking about wind farms, if you care about the environment, you know how many birds that's gonna kill? No. And then he gets into like specifics, which is over my head, 
of different species that are going to be extinct. Like, okay, well, and then he would know better than me. It also does take fossil fuels to keep those things maintained and built and working. Yes, it does. <laughs> so, I mean, the, the environmentalist cult is out there acting like we could just flip a light switch and boom, we're all electric, all renewable right now. The technology isn't there. And if you go right. too fast, you are talking about literally millions of people across the world dying of starvation, exposure, things like that. But real quick, what what is the argument against that? Well, we don't have time. It has right. to be now or we're all going to die. No, we, we do have time. We do. You know, the, Schellenberger penned this two years ago when he said, on behalf of environmentalists everywhere, I would like to formally apologize for the climate scare we created over the past 30 years. Yeah. And then saying that, yeah, we have a lot more time than what people are saying that we do. Really interesting. An inconvenient truth. Oh. <laughs> so an eviction apocalypse is underway, David? Yeah, well, who could have seen this, this coming? Uh, about 8.5 million people are behind on rent as of the end of this month now, uh, according to the Census Bureau. And of those renters, about uh, 3.8 million believe that they are somewhat or very likely to be evicted over the next two months. And, well, you, you had this situation where you had an eviction moratorium for a long time, longer than it should have been. Uh, in some places, it's still going on. But now yeah, is. there are landlords who are skittish. And we talked about this in 2020. You know, look. You are going to create a situation where landlords now are skittish about having their property rights completely invalidated by, of all things, the CDC. And so whenever they do manage to move out tenants for non-payment, what's going to happen is they're going to raise their rents even more than they would outside of historical norms, even accounting for a spike in inflation because they are hedging their bets now, because they don't know when the government may come back and say, oh, by the way, you don't have the right to, correct, uh, to collect rent anymore. So some people uh, who have been living rent-free for a long time uh, apparently didn't actually save that money and are still behind on their rent. And in a lot of cases, landlords will try to work with people because it's just easier to keep the current tenants than it is to go you know, clean, clean out a place, replace carpet, paint, all that kind of stuff. But there are a lot of landlords who don't have a choice. They've got to get these people out because they've got to start making money again. Well, a lot of them have lost their homes because yeah. they couldn't make the payments. I mean, yeah, always, which so many people think, well, landlord, man, they're just swimming in dough. Yeah, guy loses his own home because he owns another home that people don't pay for to live in. So I have, yeah. to, give, I have to give mine up, though. Yes, I've seen those stories. It's crazy. Golly. Okay. You need to laugh. I think you'll laugh at this. I don't think you can make it through this bit without laughing. And this has made the rounds even though it happened in 2009. And it's a bride. It's somebody that once they start laughing, they can't stop. The groom flubs the wedding vows. Okay? <laughs> and once he flubs them, she starts laughing. And hopefully this will make you laugh, Scott. All right, you watching him, David? Yeah. You going to try not to laugh? I'll try. Okay. Wrong. I, Andrew Paul Daniel Ingstrom. I, Andrew Paul Daniel Ingstrom, do take Melissa Renee Warren, do take Melissa Renee Warren, to be my lawfully wedded wife, to be my waff lawfully. <laughs> you already left. <laughing>. And <laughs> pancakey. I've been scared of this all my life. That's the bride. <laughs> I'm 
Well, that's the thing. It goes from, oh, it's kind of endearing to, is she crazy? Yeah. That crazy laugh? Because she can't control it then. Just give her a second. (laughs) (laughs) I, Andrew Paul. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. So endearing, Scott? Yeah, I mean, I suppose if I was there, it would have been funnier. But it, she, it is funny. But when you brought up the crazy, then I started yeah. thinking, well, maybe she's really like this. Run, I mean, dude. Run. Yeah, no kidding. Go. Okay. You did the right thing. I'll play you what I think is the funniest audio of the okay. day next. Yeah, yeah, it's funny. Straight ahead. <laughs> All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. I mentioned funniest piece of audio I'd heard all day. I got to play a little bit later. Sorry. Ah. I, we might be on a time crunch. Okay. It, it takes right. a little bit, and it's a couple minutes long, actually. Okay. It'll be worth it, though. Payoff will be there. I, I think so. Mm-hmm. You never know, but you got to risk it for the biscuit, I would say. I would say. A uh, big news story, David. This top FBI agent is out. Yeah. Now, did he quit? Did he get fired? He was escorted out, is not, what we heard, right? Not really sure. Uh, FBI assistant special agent in charge, Timothy Tebolt, uh, he was one of the guys who really tried to spike the Hunter Biden uh, story altogether, tried to actually shield Hunter Biden uh, from criminal investigations into the laptop, into foreign business dealings, things like that. There was also a social media post where he's going after Donald Trump, where he's, he, he's uh, he was also retweeting ads from the Pedophile Protection Network, also known as the the Lincoln Project. They actually no, they, <laughs> oh, okay. remember there was a guy John Weaver. He actually did want to diddle kids. Yeah, that's right. Everybody knew about it, and they still went into business with him. That's why it's not some like weird QAnon conspiracy. They literally protected a pedophile. They did. Uh, and they still are beloved by MSNBC. Weird. Unreal. Uh, anyway, this guy, uh, he has been given the boot. Initially, it was said that he retired, but then uh, the Washington Times said that people within the FBI saw him being escorted out of the building. So was he fired? It may, and that could be standard operating procedure anyway. If you have sensitive materials in your office, even if you are retiring, you're going to have an escort take you out of the building. Hmm. So he wanted to spike that story. We know he was partisan, which for a lot of people in the United States, think, wait a second, I thought you were supposed to be impartial. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We don't have that in the FBI at all. Right. And now you got Grassley and Johnson, the Republican senators, writing to Mark Zuckerberg at Facebook saying, hey, the American people deserve to know whether the FBI used Facebook as part of their alleged plan to discredit information about Hunter Biden. Turn it over. What do you got? So we'll see where that goes. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't think anything is going to come of it. That's the problem. Are they going to raid Zuckerberg's place? Just asking. <laughs> of course not. No. 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 And Zuckerberg going on Rogan's show saying, well, the FBI basically told us that this disinformation was coming. So, you know, to make sure to be on the lookout for that. Right. It was like he was trying to save his own butt. But what's going to end up happening with that? And as part of the question, well, who takes power in November? We'll wait and see. 
This is the Markley Van Camp and Robert Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Kevin Robert Show. Thank you so much for being here. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. All right, to keep it all straight, Europe is in a lot of trouble. Yeah. When it comes to energy. Oh, yeah. No doubt about that. Um, we have the best tennis player in the world that can't play in the U.S. Open because he's not vaccinated because right. of the CDC rule. Yes. By the way, the fawning over Serena Williams on the Today Show didn't stop. No mention of Novak Djokovic not playing in the U.S. Open. Well, how's that a story? <laughs> Which yeah. makes no sense. You have CNN saying, we've had a radical shift at the border. That's why it's made it harder for Biden to deal with this crisis. Yeah, everything Which happens, is an outright lie. Everything happens to Biden, not because of Biden. You should know that. President Bystander, right, David? Yep. Yep. Meanwhile, Biden has hired someone that has been a hack on MSNBC with the deep state that lied about the Hunter Biden laptop to be part of the administration, because that makes sense. Yeah. Our military is running low on ammo because it's being sent to Ukraine. Yes. One of our listeners suggested it was it was uh, David's fault for buying so much. I, I have bought a lot. Not going to lie. <laughs> I don't think we're talking the kind of numbers that have gone to Ukraine. Well, we don't know. Get those 155 millimeter shells. Yeah, I'm getting those. (laughs) (laughs) Got to have something for the cannon. (laughs) I could keep going on and on how we should just buy an electric vehicle. That's going to save us. Yes, of course. You know, the White House press secretary is saying it's not just like people are walking across the border. Yes, they are. That's a weird thing to say when we've all seen it. The vice president won't say who is paying for the student loan forgiveness. Well, it, it again, goes, I mean, who do you think is going to pay for it? On and on. Walmart? I mean, no, of course <laughs> We're going to. And the governor of Texas, I understand, is fomenting anti-immigration hate that well that's yeah that's according to an official in new york this is uh new york city immigration commissioner emmanuel castro uh who was talking about governor abbott sending charter buses with migrants to new york city which new york city should be thrilled about this there it's a sanctuary city they should love it they should be saying yes send us more in fact we're gonna pay for some of those charter buses to come here because we're going to show you stump jumping racist rubes in Texas how it's done. Okay. Yeah, but now they don't want people now, to come there. Now, this is another interesting thing about this. It's sort of the story within the story, but uh, this immigration commissioner was on CNN and the host on CNN, John Berman, the morning show, uh, New Day, mm-hmm. actually said something to the effect of, hey, has this hitting your front door actually changed your mind about how uh, people in Texas might feel about this immigration crisis? Holy smokes. Roll it. She put a saddlebag out. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's the wrong clip. What the hell was that? <laughs> That's my bad. I have a clip coming up this segment <laughs> that, that I was, said was the funniest thing of the day. That was not. We're going to get to that within the next 10 minutes. That was, I, I think I you. might have lost oxygen and, just for a second. <laughs> that was not. That was not, for the record, that was not CNN's John Berman or the New York City Immigration Commissioner. No, I was editing something to make sure all the swear words were out. Okay. No, you hear no, nothing Here's to do CNN. with saddlebags. Okay. Have the, the strains on the system given you an appreciation for the situation in border states? Well, you know, like I said, this is this is quite different. But uh, unfortunately, what we actually have here is a right wing political extremist crisis. Unfortunately, Governor Avid is fomenting anti-immigrant and anti-Latino hate, which impacts all of us, whether we arrived here today or decades ago. Oh, okay. <laughs> you can read off a sheet of paper. Congratulations. Now, yeah. can you answer the question? No, he never uh, answered. Of course not. They never do. Uh, we're seeing language not used in, in, in decades, and we have to push back uh, because so much is at risk. We've learned from history that... What language? What specifically? I'm so tired of these hacks. Yeah. Seriously, man, if news organizations want to get real, as soon as you ask a question and you have someone like this that won't answer it, and they start to get through their talking points, stop them and say, no, 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 answer the question. And if they won't answer the question, boot them off, because what good are they than to get their talking points across? Gee whiz, that bugs the crap out of me. You know what I think of it? She pulled a saddlebag out! <laughs> More on that in a second. Get back to the dude. Uh, the use of human beings for political purposes should be a line not to be crossed. And what Governor Abbott is doing should not be tolerated, and we should not tolerate others doing the same and following suit. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll go ahead and play the left's role in this one. You ready? What are you going to do about it? What are you going to do? How are you going to stop it? You can't do nothing. Keep sending the buses. You said you're a sanctuary city. Why not? And it sounds like he's getting more like Biden every day. And what Abner, uh, Governor Abbott is doing. Jeez. All right, you want me to get to the funny stuff? Uh, yeah. yeah let's okay. Do I heard right. something about saddlebags, and now I can't think of anything else. All right. <laughs> Sorry for the distraction. Maybe you heard about the family-friendly event that happened the other day in Roanoke, Texas. Yeah. Okay. This was, um, it was kid-friendly, right? That's what they said. Mm. What? Well, no, no, it was a drag show. Kid-friendly drag show, well, you of have, course. I mean, you got well, kids. That goes without saying. You got, you got kids, like, handing dollar bills and wads of cash to dudes who are dressed up as scantily clad women. That's grooming. That's not family-friendly. Yes. I did think it was interesting so, that, like, Antifa showed up armed to guard the event. And there's yes. no weeping and wailing about that. There's not. You're not seeing that story anywhere. No. Okay. So there are protesters for the event saying, hey, you guys are exactly what David said. You're grooming children. You're exposing them to sexual content. Okay. So you got Antifa there. 
and you know other people part of the event yelling back. So you got you know you got protesters yelling back and forth at each other, right? Mm-hmm. You have one mom with her son who looks to me to be I don't know eleven, twelve years old. Um, and at one point she's putting her arm all over him. She looks hammered. She really does. And then it's like she leans over to kiss him on the cheek, and he's, like, backing up. It's really uncomfortable. And you'll hear a guy say, you know, take your hands off him, something to that extent. And then the boy flips off the guy that said something. Then the mom does. And as the mom is leaving in front of her son, this is in the car, she exposes her breath. Oh, boy. She's like, what are you doing? Okay, I'd heard a little bit about the story. Uh, one of my favorite channels on YouTube is Brandon Tatum, known as Officer Tatum. So I saw him covering this. I wanted to see what he had to say about it. The way he reacted watching it, because I'm trying to set it up for you so you at least know what it looked like, was hilarious to me. So, you know, he starts... You know, as the video like this. CPS, if you listening, you need to investigate this woman and this kid. Watch what she do. I, I don't even say that. Watch what she do. <laughs> because if you're watching, you're not quite sure what she's going to do. Mm. So, you know, he's setting it up. First of all, she looked drunk. Yeah. Then she's trying to kiss a little boy in the face. He got a mask on. He did have a mask on. What the? Yeah, there's reaction. Get your hands off that child. Because if you're one of the protesters seeing this, you don't know that that's actually the mom. You kind of find that yeah. out later. It's, mm-hmm. It just looks weird, especially when she's, like, trying to kiss him. And, you know, like a mom and a son, like, give me a kiss, son. And he's like, get away, mom. That sort of thing. That's what it looks like. But it's creepy. Okay? And Stick his middle finger up. Yeah. He already, you know, she ain't she feeding him too, too many Big Macs. She's setting him up for the twist. And look at her. Look at him thing. Them thing about to hit her lap in a minute, but okay, you'll figure out why I'm saying that. And you're watching like those things about to hit her lap because her it's like her boobs are kind of hanging out of her shirt. Mm. And by the way, if you're like, well, what was he talking about? Too many Big Macs. He, the boy. Okay, it's like a stereotype kind of thing. If you've seen different boys transition to girls, there's a certain look they have before they say they want to transition. Yeah, he sort of has that look, and he's saying you've fed him too much because he's getting too big to what would be healthy. Right. Right. And Brandon Tatum can get away with saying stuff like that. That yeah. cracks me up. But then you get to the part where she actually flashes herself in front of these protesters. And that's why I said this was the funniest thing I'd heard today because of Tatum's reaction to it. Roll it. She put a saddlebag out. <laughs> she put a trash bag out. She put a water balloon out and threw it out the window with a baby there. Okay, I'd never heard trash bag before. And then water balloon? These were all new to me. I thought I'd heard them all over the years. But you heard water balloon before? That's a new one for me, water balloon. And then he's just rolling. Why can't you just argue? Like, like you couldn't see it any clearer. And I'm not going to play the video again. Y'all go watch it somewhere else. She threw a bag out the window in front of her kid. The thing almost fell out the window and scratched the ground. That's how bad she should have kept them in there. You ain't your girl. You listen. You passed that. You ain't twenty no more. Them things are falling out the window. They gonna go. They gonna drag under the car. <laughs> she should be ashamed of herself. <laughs> She's not twenty anymore. They're gonna be dragging under the car. car.
<laughs> yeah, it was uh, not pleasant, you know. Ah, boy. <sighs> so there you go. <laughs> My lap is sitting on it. I don't know if you thought that was worth it or not, but that was one. Oh, oh. Okay. <laughs> Trump says we need a do-over of 2020 now. Uh-oh. That's my point. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Trump says we need a do-over of 2020 now. Yeah. Uh, man. Not oh, going to happen, dude. You can yell about yeah. it all you want on Truth Social, but it's never going to happen. So he, he puts out on his... David! Uh, it's not. There, <laughs> the only way Donald Trump would become president of the United States is if he ran for president in 2024 and won. That's it. No, I think that's the truth. So Donald Trump puts out on his truth social social media platform. So now it comes out conclusively that the FBI buried the Hunter Biden laptop story before the election, knowing that if they didn't, Trump would have easily won the 2020 presidential election. This is massive fraud and election interference at a level never seen before in our country. Uh, the remedy... Uh, declare the rightful winner or, and this would be the minimal solution, declare the 2020 election irreparably compromised and have a new election immediately. Yeah, it's not going to happen. You can, you, well, I mean, I understand the frustration. Yeah. yeah. I get that. But I don't think that's a winning message for him right now. No. Just because you know it's not going to happen. And you agree with that, Scott? Well, I do, but I think there's... There's, Scott! No, I'm just saying there's... But there's a... This is... Everything's been so weird and upside down that it would sort of fit in with all the weirdness that's happened and the things that we've never seen before of the last two years. Yes. I mean, it would fit right in, right? I mean, it would fit to all the, you know, entered another dimension in time or whatever, sort of... Well, and when, you know... Lindsey Graham saying, hey, man, if he's indicted, you're going to see a riot in the streets. And then Lindsey Graham, you know, being ripped on by everyone on the left for even suggesting that. Right. Oh, please stop with the BS. OK, people are going to be very upset because yeah. the thing was rigged. People know it. OK, the whole question is we talked about a 100 times. Was there enough to overturn before Biden took office? And there wasn't at the time. What are you going to do now? Nothing. You're not going to do anything now. <laughs> that's that's really the problem. But if he's indicted, who knows where this all goes next? You know, we shall see. Meghan Markle in the news again. Mm. Did you see this story? She said that the, a British reporter called their baby the N-word. You got to have receipts for that, don't you? Well, she didn't have to. She didn't have to have receipts when she claimed that someone in the royal family worried about baby Archie having too dark of skin tone, and then she walked back. Oh my gosh, man! It's unbelievable. This stuff. Did you see, by chance, the interview with her from the magazine The Cut? Oh, I no. get the swimsuit issue. I didn't see that, though. <laughs> okay. Well, did you hear anything about it? No, 
I didn't. Oh, my goodness. I forwarded myself the paragraph from this article because I thought there's no way those guys are going to believe that she actually said this. But she actually did. Um, because of how she compares herself. Okay? Mm-hmm. All right. So they do this whole big piece. And she's doing all these different fashion photos for this piece. Which, by the way, I thought she just wanted privacy. Wasn't that the deal before she started oh, yeah. doing the podcast and everything else? Well, yeah. I mean, they're, they've been on the Please Respect My Privacy Tour for a few years now. Okay. So, in part of this piece where, you know, they're talking about just how hard it's been getting married to Harry and, and this family and everything else, um, she talks about you know, just what depression she went through and how she just wanted to be happy again and just dealing with the criticism that, you know, comes her way and everything else. And just doing the podcast was something where, you know, she had her voice for a long time, but she just didn't know exactly how to use that voice. (laughs) These people. And then she actually compared herself to Nelson Mandela. Wait, what? Oh, boy. Yes. She compared herself to... Okay. Well, he married a royal, right? Right. <laughs> what What prison was Meghan Markle yeah, held in? Yeah, right. Because people were cheering in the streets, okay, for Meghan Markle the way they did when Nelson Mandela was released. I'm, dude, I'm not joking. I can go more in-depth on that. Golly. In a few. Mokes. Oh, yeah. Golly. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Biggest story of the day, David. Biggest story of the day, as we've mentioned a few times today, to me really is how more and more I think legacy media is waking up to the fact that this winter is going to be really rough. And, you know, Joe Biden talked about what last winter was going to be the winter of suffering and death because of COVID. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is going to be a lot of people freezing to death and a whole lot of people starving to death this winter. And I hope that those predictions don't come true. But, man, when you've got European countries turning off the lights at landmarks to save energy, that's not a great sign. No, that's already happening. And then we got Scott Robbins' top three stories of the day. Always entertaining. Straight ahead right here. Right back now. I'm Jamie Markley, Jen Exer, David Van Camp, the Millennial, and the Sexy Boomer, Scott Robbins. You know the full court press to get your boosters coming from the White House? No. CDC? No. Yeah, but this is the different vaccine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the one that hasn't finished human trials. Well, it's worked with mice. Mm -hmm. I'm not a mouse. No, you're not. No. It's still astounding to me. Yeah. That the human trial's not done. But the word is out of the White House that the full court press is coming to keep doing the boosters. I'll tell you what, man. Chick-fil-A could solve a lot of problems. They'd have this testing done and over with, and the report would be on the desk by tomorrow morning. 
It's true. I'm not sure how that makes sense at all, yet at the same time it makes total sense. Well, they'd, they'd figure out the efficiency part of it pretty well. Absolutely, quickly. Yes. Honestly, Chick-fil-A should be running our elections for us. No question. It would be a lot quicker. If things would move smoothly. No, it was last week that the American Heart Association, because they have their own news department, put out a story, and the big headline was, COVID-19 infection poses higher risk for myocarditis than vaccines. You're like, right. what, really? So that's the research. And you're going through this story, and you go first paragraph, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth. All of a sudden, you get to this part in, like, the ninth paragraph. Um, there was one exception to this. Men under 40 who received a second dose of Moderna had a higher risk of myocarditis following vaccination. Yeah, which is the ball game. That's what most people have been talking about. Whenever you hear myocarditis, and it could happen to anybody, but it was most prevalent with men 30 and under is what yeah. I'd always heard. Yeah. That's like the headline. Isn't it a little, I don't know, shady to have your headline? COVID-19 infection poses higher risk for myocarditis than vaccines. Oh, it, the whole thing about myocarditis usually has been with dudes, 30 yeah. and under. Younger mm -hmm. men, yeah. Yes. I'm like, okay, I don't know how that makes sense. I, I got my heart problems the old-fashioned way, smoking and drinking. That was none of that vaccine stuff. Well, that along with high stress. Yeah. You did really well with it. Yeah. But you're all right now, seven years later. Good job. Yeah. Yeah, but I've been vaccinated. Oh, God. <laughs> well, now that you're feeling good right now. Yeah. I'll give you the rest of this story that we were just talking about a little while ago with Meghan Markle doing this interview with The Cut, which I wasn't familiar with until I saw the headline of what she was saying. But it's it, she's very much a victim. I don't know if you realize that or not. Yeah, and it's been line. very hard for her, and you just want privacy. And now it's some talk about a British reporter calling their son the N-word. We don't know who it is. We don't know if there's any story to back that up. But in part of this interview, I'll just read from part of it, okay? And you can react before we get to your trifecta. She understands what her ascent meant to black Britons, for whom she's a sign of progress, and to women, for whom she's a working mom and a oh, signal please. boost. <laughs> working mom. Jeez. Well, I also don't understand how, and again, I'm not British, so I don't, I don't have any connection to the to the royal family. I don't care what happens with the royal family. I think they're all bad people. But yes. I but but how are you an icon to show that you can do anything because you were a B actress who slept your way into Buckingham Palace, right? I mean Hey, stop with that negativity. What's the dream, you know? <laughs> you She's too. a working mom and a signal boost to the issues that affect working moms. Good. Yeah. Like, what is it? Just like... If you marry a billionaire. Yeah, bed the right man, and you too can be famous. Okay. Golly. Okay. It they can whine about it. Yeah. It goes on. Even though she avoids reading her own press, <laughs> Megan knows people see her this way. She does not. She recalls a moment from the 2019 London premiere of the live-action version of The Lion King. Megan said, quote, I just had Archie. It was such a cruel chapter. I was scared to go out. Well, then why did you go see The Lion King? Scared to go out? 
Who has more security? Nobody. Okay, whatever. A cast member from South Africa pulled her aside and said, quote, or she's saying it, he looked at me and he's just like light. He said, I just need you to know, when you married into the family, we rejoiced in the streets the same way we did when Mandela was freed from prison. Holy smokes. <laughs> that conversation never happened. This guy was dressed like a leopard when he was talking to her. <laughs> I promise you, <laughs> yeah. that that never happened. Golly. I don't remember people rejoicing in the streets of South Africa during the royal wedding. Maybe. I, I don't know. I don't remember that either. But he says that they just the same way as when Mandela was freed from prison. So she's got that going for it's her. Insufferable. <laughs> just insufferable. Okay, how's your heart now? You doing all right? Yeah, I'm fine. I just... You ready for your big three? Megan Markle. Okay, all right, yeah. Let's do yeah. this. Come on. Are you ready? It's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Scott Robbins, top three stories of the day, every day at this time. And always helped by his top 40 hero, his hero in life. I'm Casey Kasem. Hey, buddy. How are you? <laughs> Good. Good. I think he's ready. I'm ready. Okay, yes. Very good. Three. Uh, number three, a majority of Democrats agree that Biden should probably hang it up after one term. Yeah, this is weird because now the Democrats are even saying it. It's the first time the Dems have sent Joe best wishes. Joe, good luck in your retirement. Get out of here. 56% now of fellow Democrats in the new USA Today Ipsops poll won him out for the 2024 sweepstakes. The widest majority currently on record. Apparently, they've had enough of Joe. In a mock matchup, uh, also the 41% said it's just time for a change. Also in the GOP, that we just want change. People just want change and everything. But in terms of Joe uh, running again, people have called it the Merrick Garland effect. <laughs> Has now <laughs> enveloped Joe. Meaning? Meaning, of course, that because of the idiocy of uh, of Merrick Garland and the IRS and all the other nonsense, that mm -hmm. people have soured on Joe and decided perhaps it's time for him to go. And the majority of the Democrats now want him out, which means, of course, he will be out. Well, I thought Democrats were getting everything they wanted. Interesting. We're getting closer and closer no, to number not. one. Scott Robbins, trifecta, top three stories from Scott. Two. Uh, well, you don't have to show an ID in New York to vote, but you do now have to show an ID to buy a dessert topping. <laughs> this is true. What? That this is true. If you want to buy a can of whipped cream in New York, you got to show your ID. If you're going to vote, no worries. Whipped cream, yes. Voting, no. One of the weirdest laws ever in the drug law Apparently, people buy these things because they have nitrous oxide in them, yeah. and they do the whippets. They do the whippets, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, so, you say. You've well, never heard of this before? Well, I, I, well, I, I was You're not... around in the 70s and 80s. I, was, I wasn't a whippet guy, so I don't know. I, there wasn't whippets around me that I recall. Okay. So, there is an age limit for purchasing dessert toppings. <laughs> you can't... <laughs> if, if you're under 21, you can't get them. Were whippets like, still a thing during your day, David? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Wasn't that your whole motto? Whip. Sniff that whip. I think I, did, I think I did whippets once in my wayward youth. 
I okay. didn't like it. Just kind of got dizzy for about 30 seconds, and then it was over. Was yeah. it ready? When <laughs> yeah, a mandatory ID for dessert topping, but not to vote. That makes sense. Okay. It's common sense whipped cream control. Everybody knows it. That's what you need, huh? Of course. No, no one on needs with the three cans of Ready Whip. No one. <laughs> Scott Robbins trifecta God top three stories it. of the day. And yeah. finally. One. Yeah. Uh, I... I guess this is the biggest story, according to Scott Robbins, but I Olivia Rodrigo, too. pop star, uh, did a duet with Billy Joel. This is your big one? She's got one of the pop songs called Driver's License out there right now, and she got to perform with Billy Joel. Now, normally, you wouldn't talk about stuff like this, right? It's pretty random. But once you listen to this performance uh, and understand the pushback on this, and the look on Billy Joel's face was priceless, but... She she's does a song where she mentions Billy Joel in the title. Okay. So he's at Madison Square Garden, so he invites her on stage to come sing it with him. Oh, it's his concert. It's his concert. And so this is what it sounded like. Okay. I bet that she knows Billy Joel because he played it up sound good. I bet you even tell her about that, huh? I have no idea what the original sounds like. That's not really pleasant to the ear. No. Well, Billy yeah. Billy Joel actually loved it because that caused <laughs> people that caused people displeasure and Billy Joel being a horrible person loves it when people experience displeasure. You so know, when I saw this story today, I knew I knew David would be wild. His dislike for Billy Joel knows no bounds. So deep. Well, he yet. he's just a bad person. <laughs> I remember asking this before, but again, why wasn't he such a bad person? Not good. the DUIs or anything else. It was the no, songs that he wrote. Listen, you say? good good people don't write songs <laughs> like Uptown Girl. Okay. And there you have it. <laughs> okay, just one more time. Can you play just a little? Smidge of that song again with these two. All right. She Maybe that would add to it. Maybe just a little bit. Yeah. The Scott Robbins trifecta, great sold as always, Scott. She sold millions of records. I'm sure she has. Fantastic. <laughs> All right, we got to get to a news update. And Nimrod's in the news. Straight ahead, right here. show jamie markley david van camp scott robbins news update david van camp well you know they're disgusted there's been a uh, bit of a crime problem in new york city you know crime has been on the rise and i i think officials in new york have actually figured something out here okay it's 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 groundbreaking lawmaking that they're doing at city hall okay they are going to get this. Your mind is about okay. to be blown. They're going to hang up signs this week in Times Square 
that let everybody know that Times Square is a gun-free zone. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> okay. Oh, my gosh. You, are you serious? I'm serious, okay? They are tackling this problem in a way that no one else has ever thought of before. They're going to they're gonna tell people, hey, this is a gun-free zone. Oh, my gosh. You walk in here with a gun. Well, that gun's just going to, like, disappear because it's a gun-free zone, you see? Okay, so we've all sat in meetings at one point in time or another. Someone comes up with some stupid idea. And depending on how long you've been there, how much cred you have, you got to decide, am I saying anything? Am I laying back? What am I going to do? Someone says, hey, I got an idea. Sign up, Times Square. No guns allowed at Times Square. Yeah. Who sits around and says, you know what? Great idea. That's going to stop it. That's going to help curtail it. Because they're going to know then we mean business. So it's one thing if you're hanging up like basically what the equivalent of a trespassing sign would be, right? If you're caught with a gun in Times Square, you're going to be arrested. Except in New York, they don't keep people in jail. No. So are are, are you bringing back stop and frisk then? How are you going to find these guns in this magical gun-free zone? Well, next will be no carjacking zone. <laughs> you know what? We're going to do that. Now we're not going to carjack anymore. That has never can. been tried before, Scott. I think oh, you're on to right. something. There's you need no to, bad ideas, right? You okay. need to run for office somewhere, right? You just need to put out a, no put carjacking signs. zone. Yes. Okay. Very good. Idiots. By the way, just so you know, I just saw a report, too, from Daily Wire with everything going on at the border. Just a massive crisis. Yeah. The Homeland Security Chief, he's on vacation. Of course he is. Well, he's been working overtime. Mayorkas is on vacation, just so you know, Scott. From what? What's he vacationing from? (laughs) I don't know, and apparently Kim Jong-un has contracted COVID. That's the news. I heard that. How about that? All right, we got to get the Nimrods. Roll it out. Let's go. When the going gets tough. Damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Dean. It's Nimrods in the News on the Martley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. I love the poorly educated. All right. Nimrods in the News. We start in Florida. Tiffany Lynn Novak. She's 33. Pinellas Park. Um, apparently the other day she was swerving between lanes. That can happen. Mm-hmm. Distracted or maybe you're hammered. Well, authorities approach her. She looks a little glassy-eyed. Uh, cops notice numerous signs of impairment, including Uh-oh. slurred speech. As the story reads, a stench of alcohol that would grow stronger while she spoke to them. Yeah. Ah, I'm about to knock you over. So, did you have anything to drink, uh, Tiffany? Nope. You want to take a breath sample here? Sure. 0.225. Well, now. Woo. <laughs> yeah. Uh, must have read wrong. Let's try it again. Okay. 0.232. <laughs> okay. Hmm. Uh, authorities also saw a small bag with trace amounts of a white powder substance inside her bra stuck to her left breast. Oh, boy. You know what she said? Not mine. Really? Mm-mm. Nope. Somebody, somebody put it there. I, I'm just supposed to hold it, not mine. So not my not my fault. Yeah, she was booked on numerous charges. How do you get uh, drunker standing there? That's interesting. Yeah. I don't know. 
just catches up with you. Not sure how that works. Maybe. Um, She was also awaiting an aggravated battery charge. Yeah. Yeah, it's fantastic. Then we had this dude that, on video, um, did this whole story along with his girlfriend that he came home from work in the middle of the day and found this kid that had broken into the house and was using the PlayStation. It's his uncle's place. And he noticed the kid's pockets were full, so he said, empty your pockets. And it was full of stuff that the kid had stolen from the house, including a debit card. Oh, man. But he decided not to call the cops because he didn't want to ruin the kid's life. And he noticed there were hairs in the tub. The kid used the shower. He's like, clean the shower. Clean this place. (laughs) (laughs) And a 43-year-old woman arrested in Hawaii for attempting to travel with two pounds of meth in her bag. Yeah, that's never happened. Thank you.